Well, here we are. And we love springtime, but we wish it gave us access to more pumpkin-flavored things. This is Well, Here We Are, a Some Weeks of the Month podcast, which explores the ways pop culture and the humanities matter for our daily lives by distilling them into lists of three-ish things. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this is as good a time as any to introduce two new members of the podcast, my cats, Meeper and Sweeper. Those are not their real names. I want to protect their privacy. (laughs) The one you just heard is uh, actually Sweeper and not Meeper. Sweeper likes to redistribute my garbage. Well, hello. Good day to you, Sweeper. That was a delightful <laughs> meep. Hey, listener. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to come back in from that. <laughs> Does the thought of going to a museum overwhelm you, Meeper or Sweeper? Do you have zero clue what you're supposed to look at? But do you have a sense that there's something in there that you want to better enjoy? Today, I'm gifting to all of you a how-to guide like no other. How to Museum. I'm Hannah. And I'm Suzanne. And if you want to support us in our goal to get our podcast with special guests Meeper and Sweeper to 80 downloads an episode, please consider sharing an episode of your choice with a friend, family member, or mortal enemy. I hope if it's a mortal enemy, it's like... In a nice way. It's a part of their redemption arc. <laughs> yeah. 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 But if it turns them darker to the turns them further to the dark side, it's not our fault. No. It was roughly a year ago, I think, that I foolishly declared that we were almost post COVID. And hardly a day has gone by since I that I did not regret <laughs> saying that. Do you feel like you directly led to the spikes in Delta and Omicron? I don't because I, if I had that kind of power, I think it would manifest in other ways. Mm. But I do regret saying those words out loud into the, the ears of our devoted fans. In this ongoing COVID world that we are still living in, a lot of museums are opening or have been open for some time. And people are going to them again. And so I just thought I would put together a little how-to guide for if you happen to be one of those people and you want to know how you can get more out of your museum experience. Have you museumed since you declared COVID to be over? I have museums. I went to at least two museums last year and I went to a museum, one museum this year. Did it feel the, did it feel the same? No. Well, okay, here's how I feel. I really miss doing new things and going to new places. So when I go to a museum for the first time, it does feel really exciting Mm -hmm. in that sense. But I don't know. It's just... Everything everything, is complicated. It's just different. Everything is complicated. Yeah. Everything everything, is complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your relationship with museums? I know that you're part of the museum going public. Yeah. What would you say you like enjoy, don't enjoy about, about museums? I enjoy, this is very basic, but I enjoy seeing things that I otherwise would not be able to see. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't have like 
uh, Rose family giant portraits just hanging on my well, wall. Not yet. Not yet, you know, room for growth. But yeah, I just, I like seeing things that I otherwise wouldn't see. I like just feeling like I'm a little more well-rounded that I've kind of like opened myself up to some knowledge about something that most of the time I did not know it about, I did not know about before. I think they're neat. I just think museums are kind of neat. Um, I will say though, my, my fatal flaw as a museum goer is that I only museum go when I museum went to a different place than I live in. Ah, you don't museum go to the museums in Seattle. Uh, Unless there's a special exhibit, which is something that I would like to correct. And so maybe that can be my homework after you give me the definitive how-to guide on how-to museum. I wasn't going to talk about this, but it's something that I think about that lots of times when we're traveling, we say people's goal when they travel is to not look like a tourist when they're traveling. But I read something once that was like, maybe we should be more like tourists in our hometowns. Because I lived in D.C. for, I mean, on and off for about five years. And there's still plenty of cultural things that I never did in Mm -hmm. D.C. And I lived in Italy for three years and there were things that I never did while I was living there. So I think that it, it can be a really fulfilling experience to be a tourist in your, in your uh, hometown, in your Seattle. Is this going to be the first podcast in quite some time that actually has a three-ish things? Are there like... A- I was thinking about that. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting us back to our actually three things. It's not going to be three-ish. Although, wow. Yeah. It's going to be three things. Wow. This is unprecedented. I feel although, like... Now that I, now that I say that, <laughs> we'll see. Usually when I think of going to museums, I am thinking of art museums because that's my jam. There's all kinds of museums. And so when I talk about like going to see an art museum, whatever interest you have, I promise you that out there in the world, there is a museum for that thing. There was a banana museum in Washington State that had the largest collection of banana artifacts. Yeah, there you go. There's an ice cream museum in Manhattan. I think in my town where I'm currently living, there's like a, um, a canal museum. A museum for, like, technology of building canals. Here's a world's colliding situation. There's a (laughs) rom-com called the Broken Hearts Gallery that is based on a real museum that exists where somebody creates a museum where people can bring artifacts that remind them of past relationships. So they create a museum of, like, breakup artifacts. Is anyone in it? Should we watch that? Uh, you know who's who plays the male lead is I, I haven't seen Stranger Things, but I know he plays a real sleaze ball in Stranger Things. I haven't watched it either. It looks very scary. I'm afraid of pretty much everything, so <laughs> but I'm not afraid of museums. Well, how do we not be afraid of museums? Okay, so I have plenty of advice for how to museum. My first piece of advice, this is gonna be a little bit controversial, just stick with me. Stay for the whole episode. Stay through my first piece of advice. How to museum. Don't. That's my first piece of advice (laughs) is don't. 
what a twist. Should I just stop? I know. Should I just stop? I know. No, no, you have to keep listening. You have okay. to keep listening. That's right. Because I think that a lot of people feel an obligation to go to museums. And I'm here to tell you that you do not have an obligation to go to a museum. <laughs> people like if they're in Paris, if they go on vacation and they're like, oh, I'm in Paris for a week. I have to go to the Louvre. You do not have to go to the Louvre. So you are giving people permission to free themselves from the shackles of big museum. I am because a lot of people don't like going. And there is no amount of advice that I can give or that anyone can give that is going to make them enjoy a museum. I just don't think that anyone should feel obligated to do that thing. Did you start art history being like, I love museums, or did you find your love of museums through studying art history? No, I've always loved museums ever since I was a little kid because I always loved art. And I think that probably for some people, it's it's a matter of finding a thing that they're interested in, and then maybe they will enjoy a museum. Mm-hmm. But I also think that for a lot of people, there's this like social, what am I thinking of? Pressure? Like, yeah, well, like social capital involved mm-hmm. in especially art museums or, I don't know, more like highbrow, which is a phrase I recently learned is racist that they think that they will appear more cultured if they go to a museum. That's pretty much one of the reasons I gave you is like, it does give me a little bit of that sense of like, Oh, I learned something new today. And I like the way that that makes me feel. I think that there's, there can be a performative aspect of going to museums. Yes. Yes. If you're traveling with other people and you want them to think that you are more cultured. Or mm-hmm. if you want that selfie for Instagram and you are like, look at me, I, I saw Mona Lisa, I met her, we had coffee together. For me personally, I feel like that is not a good use of your vacation time or a good use of anybody's time to do something to appear a certain way. It's 2022, like who has time for that? Bullet point number one in your how-to guide to museum is don't museum. Don't museum. If if you don't want to go to a museum, if you don't think that you're going to get anything out of it, don't do it. Just don't do it. Sometimes I take a group of students like voluntarily to a museum and they're not required to be there and they clearly just have no interest and they just want to leave. And I, I kind of just want to tell them to leave that they don't have to be there. Yeah. You have the freedom to do something else. And that is, that is okay. Oh, it's completely okay. okay. Yeah. I think that wanting to learn and wanting to see beautiful things that you can't see at your home is a good thing. But if, if you just want to want to learn and you just want to want to see beautiful things, to me, that's not enough of a reason. There are lots of ways that you can learn new things and see beautiful things that you can't see at home. A lot of – I live in the Northwest, and one way that all of my friends do that is that they go camping and mm-hmm. they go backpacking. And that is an experience I unsubscribe from. <laughs> <laughs> but for them, they really – it really is this lovely, life-giving, transformational experience that they genuinely want to do. Yeah. Seven times out of ten – if you invite me to go camping, I am not going to want to go. And that's okay. I I think that's a really good comparison to make because I 
I identify as a person who enjoys hiking. And sometimes I go out hiking and I'm like, I'm not enjoying this. I just want to go home. And that's (laughs) like, why don't I? I should just go home. There are certain experiences that we believe that in order to be a worthwhile human being that we have to enjoy Mm -hmm. those things. And that probably changes depending on culture and context. But camping for me is, is one of them. My friends who are listening to this, there are circumstances in which I am, <laughs> I will go camping. So if you are planning a camping Please trip keep for, inviting me. Yeah, please keep inviting me. Just give me the opportunity to say no if I don't like the specific circumstances of the camping trip. <laughs> so now that we have decided not to go to a museum, my, my next advice is if you decide that that is a thing that is worth your time to do, to consider what your needs are. For example, I become a completely unbearable person when I'm hungry. And so what? I always, I, I know, I know. This is I always, information. I always travel with snacks. Unfortunately, a lot of museum cafes are still closed during COVID times, which is something that I discovered when I was in a museum and did not come prepared with a snack and became very unpleasant. I didn't enjoy the rest of that museum after I realized that I was just going to be hangry for the next, you know, undetermined length of time. If that is a need that you have, then you should address that need. So I had a woman on a tour who had recently had knee surgery and she carried a collapsible kind of stool with her so that she could take a break and sit down and rest her knees whenever she needed to. And I thought that that was a really clever thing to do. A lot of museums have have kind of virtual tours. So if you are if you want to go to a museum and you physically can't right now, a lot of museums are increasingly putting their collections online in various ways. That's a fun and fact. I think, yeah, that's a really great resource. Everybody isn't doing it. Someone recently sent me like the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam is doing like virtual tours now and you can like zoom in on all the paintings and see all the details and Seeing it on a on a computer screen obviously isn't the same as seeing it in real life, and that's why you want to go to museums in the first place, but not everybody can do that. You can consider other options. I, I think we kind of talked about this in our Renaissance Baby episode. Mm-hmm. I was on a tour through the Vatican Museums with a tour guide, and our tour guide was like, we can't see everything. It's not oh, actually, yeah. It's not actually possible. I've like freed myself from the need to see everything. Yes. And that, that has is been really, very, that's been like a yeah. great thing of like, I need to just accept the fact that I will not see everything in this museum. Yes. yes, absolutely. And I think that's another good point too, is some people are tour people and they like to have people explain things to them that they're not going to get from another way. I don't love tours because I want to be able to control my own time. But there's some cases where I really need a tour because I'm like, I have no idea what I'm looking at and I'm not going to get anything out of this. So there's things like that that you consider. There's audio guides. I really recommend if you don't have unlimited time to make a reservation to go to a museum. Certainly in Florence where I used to live, museum lines are absolutely bananas. 
and you could make reservations and just skip the line. And it cost a little bit. It cost like two euros more. Or it, it wasn't a lot. It I didn't cost a lot more. I fundamentally could not understand whenever, when I was in Italy, whenever I would pass along museum line, I could not understand why people didn't just book it. I think a lot of people don't know that you can do that. Huh. Or some people just aren't reservation people, you know? Some people just don't make reservations. Like, there's a museum in Florence where the Michelangelo's David is that I, I heard some statistic that people had done a study of the amount of time that people spend in line versus the amount of time that people spend in the actual museum. And the museum where Michelangelo's David is was this ratio that was like they would spend more than an hour in line and then spend 17 minutes in the actual museum. That's like Disneyland roller coaster numbers. Yeah, yeah. So look into whether or not you can make a reservation wherever you're going. I really recommend it. It saves you a lot of time. I hate waiting in line, especially when I'm on vacation. That's not what I want to do with my time. You want to vacate. I want to vacate. I want a museum. I don't want a line. I would urge you to think about what your needs are and think about how you can accommodate that. My friend... And her friend went to New York together. The friend of my friend is a spend five hours in the museum, Uh read everything, take your time Mm -hmm. like it is your day. And my friend is a, I would like to spend an hour in this museum and then I am done. So they just express that to each other at the start of the day. And they're like, hey, what is your museum style going to be? And they like traded notes. And then my friend was like, great, I'm going to spend an hour in the museum. Then I'm going to go do some other things. Text me when you're done and then we can meet up for dinner. Yeah, and that yeah. was that was a way that like they navigated that. Honestly, like I think that that is the way to go. I, I need help in figuring out how I can free myself of the desire to see the most famous painting that has all the people in front of it. Okay. Well, that's a great transition to my third point. Okay. Thank you so much. My third piece of advice is to kind of ask yourself, what do I want to get out of this? And I'm really inspired by our recent conversation with Elise. (laughs) This is why I love having guests on our show, because they teach me so many things, not just about like what they're talking about, but I'm like, oh, I didn't even think this could apply to all the other fields that are interesting to me. To ask yourself questions about why why are we here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what, what do I want to do here? What do I want to get out of this? And whether what your goals are and what you are actually doing are compatible. Is, is there like a part of your museum going experience that you've given up because you're like, doing this in a museum does not serve me and what I want to do well? I used to feel obligated to look at every single thing in the museum. And I used to want to read every single label. And I felt like I wasn't opening myself up to the experience if I wasn't doing that. And at a certain point, I I realized that like I would walk into a room, be completely overwhelmed and have to stop in front of every single thing and just be exhausted by the end. And that's not an enjoyable experience. And then I'm sure I don't remember any of the things, even an hour later, I couldn't have remembered any of the things that I read on the labels. So what was the point of doing all those things? 
I sort of freed myself from having to stop and look at every single thing Mm -hmm. in the room I went into. And so now when I go into a museum, I just stop in front of the things that I want to look at. And I'm sure that there are really interesting and beautiful things that I'm missing. That is just the part of the experience that I have accepted. I was at a museum. I forget where. I think it was. You would totally know which museum it was. It was in Italy. Mm -hmm. And it was a very famous painting, a bunch of naked women in a garden Uh frolicking Uh about. It's probably, were you in the Uffizi? Yes. In Florence? Yes, I think okay. so. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to guess it was Botticelli's Primavera. I was going to say Botticelli, but I was okay. like. I, Wait, I'm going to send you a right? picture just to Just to, just to, to confirm. Check. Is this yeah. the. No, I think it was Birth of Venus. Oh, Birth of Venus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was Birth of Venus. And it was l- large. Like, it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that people will say about, um, like the Mona Lisa of like, oh, it's so much smaller than I expected. But uh-huh. the birth of Venus is like nine feet long. Yeah, it's big. It's like mm-hmm. a big old painting. And I wanted to get closer to it, but it was like one where the entire crowd was like in yeah. front of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to feel like I'm being rushed looking at this, but I also can't get close enough and I really feel like if I just stand in the middle and stare at this for 10 minutes, people are going to get real irritated with me. So I kind of just had to be like, bye-bye, Bertha Venus. <laughs> I, will, I will look at you online just because I couldn't figure out um, how to do it. Yeah. Oh, that bums me out because the other – I mean, your museum experience is your museum experience. And I think that if you want to stand and look at something and other people get annoyed that you're standing there for more than your allotted time – then those people can get bent that you are probably only going to go to that museum once, maybe twice in your life. Like you should be able to look at it as long as you want to. Here's my next question. How Mm -hmm. do I genetically remove my need to be a people pleaser? (laughs) (laughs) There's gotta be a part of the brain, right? That's a, the people pleasing part that you can have surgically removed. Yeah. Just have it surgically. Would that turn me into a sociopath? (laughs) I guess my next my next question would be why are you trying to please those those people who are clearly jerks? I don't know, Anna. <laughs> and also, I hope that when you were there, or when you when you're standing in front of your Birth of Venus or your Mona Lisa or your or your whatever, if you if there's a big crowd in front of a painting, maybe just take a walk around the room and look at what else is on the walls and just see like, hey, is this a thing that I want to stand in front of? Because in a lot of those rooms with the very famous paintings, there's some really cool things that other people are not standing in front of. But and I'm not have... telling you that you have to be a hipster and be like, well, actually, my favorite Botticelli is blah, 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 blah. But you might find something else that you like as much or more than the other things. And that's strategic from the exhibits and curators, right? Like That they are going to group things around that they think might also be of interest. Yeah, actually, I think that this is something that's very interesting and something that I like to think more about is the choices that curators make. And this is, I think, definitely something to think about while you're in a museum is that every single thing that you are looking at is a choice. There are things that are not on the wall, and that was a decision. And Mm -hmm. 
where it is on the wall is a decision and what is on the label next to it is a decision. The curator is trying to tell you a story and you may have questions about that story and you may not accept that story. I'm not saying that you should not accept it because you don't trust experts. I mean, curators are experts, but you can say, hey, it seems like there's part of this story that's missing and I would like to know more about that. So a museum that I went to recently is the Barnes Collection in Philadelphia. And at that museum, none of the paintings or anything have like little labels. So they don't really tell you what they are and they don't have curation labels that tell you anything about them. Mm -hmm. So everything is just hanging up on the walls and you kind of get to make your own choices or you can look up later if you want anything about these paintings, which I found to be very freeing because I didn't feel that kind of burden of I have to read every single label, but it can, I think it, it can make the viewer, the museum goer feel like they're being, I don't know, controlled less when in reality they are still being controlled because the curators or the the founder of that museum basically said, I want these things hanging in these places because he wanted to set up a visual comparison. And in some places that comparison is very obvious. And in some places it's not as obvious, but that is still a choice that he made. And that's not to say that that's a good or bad thing to do. It's, it's a different choice, but it's still a choice that somebody else made. What is what is on your your next museum list? Do you have your next visit planned? I am getting that travel urge so hard right now. All I want to do is go to a new place and see new things. And I don't have any money and I have a full-time job. And I can't do that right now. I am so, very small and I have no money. So you can imagine <laughs> the stress that I yes. am under. Yeah. Maybe that'll be something for me to do in my free time is to like plan out when I can set aside some money. Where where am I going to go and what, what little museum am I going to go to? Well, one thing for people to maybe be aware of is that sometimes there are special in your city where there are museums, there are often ways that you can go to those museums for free. That is absolutely true. That's a great point, Suzanne. Seattle Public Library will let you book free tickets to most museums in Seattle. I know there are some, and then even outside of that, there are certain museums in Seattle, like the first Thursday of every month has free admission. I'm I'm assuming that it's like that other places too, that there are ways that you can go to for low cost or no cost. Yes, there are. I know in New York City, a lot of the museums are free for New York City residents. And I think somebody told me that the Met is actually suggested donation. And so it used to be suggested donation. Oh, is it no longer required donation? It is $25. You can't require a donation. No, I don't think they call it that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I paraphrase. Okay. Um, Yeah. But also just even when it's free, sometimes they're they're still going to require a reservation. Sometimes. I don't know. I can't speak to the museums in your area. Do I have any more questions about museums? Here's one thing I will say. It's not advice. It's a rule. Don't touch the art or anything unless you are invited to do so. It doesn't count as a three-ish thing because it's not advice. It's a rule. (laughs) I'm telling you. Don't touch anything. 
What are, what's your favorite kind of museum? I really like, I do like art museums. I do get suckered in by a special exhibit. Mm-hmm. I love me a special exhibit. And uh, like Seattle has a pop culture museum. So I also like things like that where it's a more like curated type of experience as well. I'm not really – I do have a very specific memory of going to the Portland Art Museum when I was in high school. And there just being lots and lots of furniture, antique oh, yeah. furniture yeah. from like the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And one of our – I remember one of our art teachers just like waxing poetic about how beautiful the shape and bend of these – chairs were from like the 1800s and I was like all apologies Mr. Conine that is a chair (laughs) I mean I didn't say that but that's what was going on in my head yeah yeah that's one of those niche things I went to a museum once I really like a certain amount of decorative arts or like a certain period of decorative arts Mm -hmm. I went to an art museum once that like half of it was decorative arts and so I was in a gigantic room full of chairs and I had been to the museum for a couple of hours And I was in this room full of chairs, but there was no chairs for sitting in. And it made me very mad. I'm tired. I need to sit down, but I can't sit down in any of these art chairs. That's like going to a, like a chef's dinner food tasting, but there's no food for you to eat. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to look at it and be mad. Thank you for sharing your love of museums with me and the world and our 40 listeners. You're so welcome. I'm so glad that you stuck with me after I told you not to go to any museums. Well, I was going to hang up, but then you told me not to. What that tells me is that I also have a problem. I'm a people pleaser, as we've (laughs) discussed. So if you tell me to do something because you're important to me and I want you to think well of me, I will probably do it. Just Well, I appreciate you in this instance doing that. Yeah, you have to promise not to like use that to my disadvantage. No, no, I would never because I am also a people pleaser. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why this friendship works. And now, listeners, if you're still here because you heeded Hannah's warning to keep listening to the podcast, you can get involved in the discussion by tweeting at us or commenting on this episode's post on Instagram. In all the places, we are at Well Here Pod. And don't forget to go to wherever you get your podcasts and click that Don't Follow This Podcast button, which you might know as a follow button. And until next time, I'm Suzanne, and I could curate a museum of neutral eyeshadow palettes. And I'm Hannah, and I could curate a museum of monks that remind me of museums. And well, here we are. I see a mother there, a lover and a child I know a war will come and take away their lives